Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Aquila Podcast. We're on episode 16. In this episode, we're going to talk about what makes an elite athlete. So there's many different factors of what makes an elite athlete. But so we're going to talk about one of the, each one individually and what sets apart from an individual athlete or just a regular Joe off the street. And uh, one, one very important one is work ethic. And it takes a huge and physical mental commitment to be an athlete of any sport. Uh, perseverance to train and perfect the skill requires like a considerable amount of practice. And just going, and a lot of people burn out. A lot of people in high school, I know, they burnt out, even though they were really good athletes. They burnt out because they stopped enjoying the sport because they did it so much all the time. Um, have you seen that before, Randall, or have you experienced that? Yeah, um, I just feel like unless you know that's exactly what you want to do or that you completely love doing it, you get to a point where if you do it too much, even if you're good at it, you just seem to burn out or not care or want to do it anymore. So that's uh, another thing that kind of separates those elite athletes is they, for the most part, genuinely love what they do. And so they, no matter how much time or effort they put into it, they don't mind or they don't necessarily burn out because they could, they, they do it for free almost. So like, even like when athletes get to the professional level, there's, some that they could they would probably still be playing basketball even if they were making money. So, yeah, um, a lot, a lot of them say once, uh, like them training and practicing becomes it feels like work. They don't want to. That's when they start to retire because yeah. they they generally they enjoyed what they did for such a long time and didn't mind. Like you said, didn't mind training day in and day out, trying to be the best they can be and compete um like a good example like tom brady he's 43 and still going to the super bowls which is pretty wild <laughs> um so another one would be, be consistency um not like consistency as in not even not just in the weight room and on the practice field but also in the in the in, in the books too in school a lot of uh good athletes at least i know from high school uh they they were really good what they did but they were not they just didn't were inconsistent with their work school work and that hurt them by you know about being eligible for games and such such like that um it also plays a huge factor in the college as well they can really hurt them in the long run if they still if they want to go pro yeah i feel like People look at an individual athlete and they look beyond, for the most part, unless you have to be like that top 0.1% where your skill is just so overwhelming that they take the baggage if you're not like, if you have like heavy baggage as far as maybe you cause trouble, maybe you're not the best teammate. So there's like that rare case that one player gets the opportunity to still make it despite all of that just because they're that great, but nine times out of 10, there's no athlete that's worth that trouble. So despite the weight room and um, how good you are, some players still have to have a, be a decent teammate. They have to work on their education. They have to like carry themselves a certain way. They can't just like rely on their complete 
package and just rely on that athletically and assume they're going to make it. It's in a lot of the levels collegiately and professionally, there's more than just how you perform on the court or on the field. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like we've seen that in a lot, especially in football too. Like they have a big number one draft pick who just like destroyed in high school and division one college. And I think they're, they're the best, very pompous, and they turn out to be busts in, in, in the NFL or whatever. Who was that run yeah. recently? The football was that uh, Johnny Menzel? Johnny Menzel, that, that, yeah, just, <laughs> that's a good example. That's a good example. He did have that, uh, he did do, like he did really well in, in uh, college and then got to the NFL and just did not play well at all because you can't. You can't do – college and NFL is really different. And he had a lot of off-field t- antics and it kind yes. of followed him in that kind of – A lot of uh, – I guess he did a lot of, like, partying and drug-related stuff. Yeah, not... he couldn't put it away. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure he had the talent. Like, he could always be on a roster. But if you have that following you and then the media is kind of making – shedding bad light on the team, then, I mean, if you're – unless you're, like – um, Patrick Mahomes level, it's not worth it. Yeah, and you can see how Patrick Mahomes doesn't do any of that crazy stuff because you see all the guys are super successful. They're not crazy uh, party animals or do off-the-field antics and stuff like that. They focus. They're consistent. They uh, they train constantly to be the best they can be. So some some kids that do get make it to the uh, professionals, they do grow out of that and they stop doing like realizing like oh i'm not actually the best anymore i'm with the best kind of mentality so if you yeah. remember um so like another thing that separates a lot of these elite athletes whether it's um that guy and they it even applies to people like if you're just in the gym and you're that average gym goer and you're like wow that guy is lifting 500 pounds on his squat and i can barely lift 135 and you're asking yourself like what's the difference or how did he get there and why can i only lift this much it's because like it's when you look at the amount of time someone spends on doing something and as long as they're doing it the right way the amount of time you spend on something will just speak for itself when you start to get better at your craft or getting stronger so i think that's also a key thing is the amount not just like the time you spend on their your craft it's the amount of time you spend doing it right. You know what I mean? There's some people like you, you probably went like growing up, you probably saw those kids who always played football or basketball or always worked out, but they never necessarily, necessarily excelled. And part of it could be just because they just didn't train the right way. They just kind of did as a hobby and kind of just went through the motions and enjoyed doing it, which is nothing wrong with it. But if they ever sat down and asked themselves, why are are why, aren't I on the football team at school or why aren't I any better than this guy? I spend my whole day playing on outside all the time. Why am I not one of the best? It's probably because they're not doing it the right way. If you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And some of those kids might not have the resources, didn't have resources growing up to like go to training camps, open yeah. gyms, stuff like that. Um, like you've been to basketball training camp. Like I've been to a couple when I've been to there. some, and, and then those early, early, 
on and they were fun but then i could also remember like thinking back like knowing what i know now and throughout college when i was in college and even past colleges when i look at my middle school high school self thinking about when i was practicing or playing my sport and i just think now that i could have been a lot more productive with the things i was doing and the things that i was doing was fine but if i wanted to like compare myself to what elite athletes did that i probably it's like not even comparable i was probably just shooting around running around not really having a specific goal in mind and just enjoying what i'm doing and thinking that i'm practicing but in reality when if you were to sit in on an elite athlete whether they're even in middle school they're doing all these hardcore drills they're going at game speed all the time they're pushing themselves to the absolute limit versus you kind of just leisurely playing your sport not knowing that there's someone doing it 10 times harder than you yeah that's a, that's another uh, good point to bring up um having the drive and the mental toughness so like they have a goal in mind like like you were having fun just shooting around thinking you're getting better which you were getting better but i guess the people that were the the kid the kids that were Maybe they have their parents to like. Yeah, really they, and like you started to refer them. to, they had certain resources that yeah. help them know better. Um, yeah, they're like financial, uh, financial um, troubles. Sometimes kids can't go to different. Uh, don't have the best equipment, um, and some some kids it's not as fair as other kids. But it doesn't, as you can see in the pros, it doesn't matter where you come from. There's kids from all different type of backgrounds make it to the pros but if you have that drive yeah i think that's the important thing um the drive where you could see that like you said it doesn't matter where you come from or your background if you have the drive it's going to happen and i feel like part of it's like some people who come from a not great area not from a from a poor family and then they make some great story where they're now in the pros and they're making lots of money giving back to their family and now they're well off and it's because they wanted to get out of their area and the only way they were going to do that is by excelling at their sport and making it to the professionals and making money and that's why you also see a not don't you don't see too many professional athletes kids i didn't actually realize like this is a big reason of it till recently watching a different podcast but mm-hmm. If you see, like, a lot of professional athletes and their kids, some do make it, don't get me wrong, but for the majority of it, not many pro athletes' kids end up being as good as them, if not better, because a part of it is because they just don't have that same drive their parents did. Like, they're, you could assume that the kid is pretty well off in life because their parents have a lot of money being a professional themselves. So they don't have, like, that drive where I had to work so hard to get out of this hole I'm in when they're already living so comfortably and don't have that same mm-hmm. animal instinct because they already have anything life could give them for the most part and everything else has to just come from them internally and there's no external factors that's really pushing them. The only one they probably have is like saying like them being compared to their parent. That's probably like the only external factor that's involved. Yeah. And some like, just genetic, care less. Genetic. They don't necessarily even hear it all the time. It's only when you're like, maybe at a game, but if you're practicing all by yourself all the time, you're not going to really hear that. So, 
Yeah, they probably have their kids probably have like the genetics. Well, some of them, not always, but they most likely have a, a pretty genetically gifted. They're athletic, talented, and I'm sure they, if they still, if they want to play basketball or whatever their sport, their their uh, their parents did, they can they can probably do really well in it. Would they have their coach, their dad, their dad or mom as their coach to help them succeed? But you're right with the animal instinct and the the, the no quit mentality because there's no plan B. Like yeah, I have yeah. to do this kind of thing. Yeah, if they don't make it to the pros, they they probably have some things to do in life. Even their parents will always be there, I would assume, and so they're fine. But yeah. unlike he, their parents, their parents don't make it to the pros. Their his their family's still gonna struggle. Even uh, even with uh, kids from like lower socioeconomic backgrounds, like just making it to college to get there, getting there for free, yeah, get a degree. Um, yeah, it no, doesn't I'll, even have to be the pros. Just them getting to the collegiate level, getting a full ride to get an education. Yeah, it's huge. And having coaches along to help them. Maybe they don't have a father figure or a mother figure in their life to help them. Yeah, um, and so some have the resource to have the parents, but even if they don't have their parents to coach or financially aid them in training or camps, People still find a way, so either way, there's really no excuse. I think it comes back to just having that drive. It comes from that individual athlete having the solid base of knowledge because, like, it comes back to also practicing right where you don't want to invest so much time playing your sport the wrong way where it doesn't translate to the actual game. So then you spend, like, hundreds of hours doing a particular thing, but that particular thing doesn't even really matter or it doesn't even have that big of an impact in your sport. So I could spend like, for example, I could probably spend hundred hours. Um, let's see. In basketball, I could do a hundred hours of just shooting a basketball from one spot all the time and like not really making it dynamic by running around. I'm kind of just, I shoot the ball, walk to the spot, shoot it. I might end up being really good at that spot and shooting really well, right? But how often in the game will I actually shoot that shot? I'll probably shoot it like two, three times, but I can't do literally anything else. That's the only thing I could do. Mm -hmm. So then it's kind of like a coach could probably find someone who could maybe not shoot it as good as you do at that spot, but at least they could play defense. They could run around. They're in shape. They could dribble the ball, play defense, and all this. So I feel like you just have to practice right as well. And once you know how to and you have the drive to do it, then for the most part, it's you're in a good spot from there. Yeah, practicing the fundamentals, a very aspect of the game. Like even the professionals uh, do fundamentals every day to keep sharp. Yeah, it's, uh, it's easy when you're that good to be like, I don't need to do that. Like I, I get those ground balls all the time or whatever, or I make those shots all the time. You got to keep doing the fundamentals. Um, yeah, it's actually crazy. I saw a workout the other day. Um, Tyreek Hill, he has a YouTube. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of the exercise – he posts a lot of his workouts, and a lot of his workouts, like, it's, like, stuff that's kind of like, oh, shoot, he does that? Like, it's, like, really simple stuff like RDLs, unilateral stuff. And it's kind of like, it's nothing complicated by any means. So it kind of makes you feel like he does the simple things too. He just does it really, really well. 
Is he a lot of a? Uh, you see a lot of band work. He does do a lot of band work, and the ways he's. I'm pretty sure, like off the camera, he probably lifts heavy now and then. But like, I definitely would lift a yeah. lot. Yeah. But um, like a lot of the things he does is kind of like not anything complicated because you see a lot of trainers on Instagram and stuff doing all these crazy routines, balancing mm-hmm. on certain things, doing a super set of a billion different exercises. But then you see a professional athlete just kind of exercising and doing their workout. They're not doing anything particularly fancy. Yeah, do the right way and do it 110%. But, uh, that's huge. Um, I think – oh, yeah, back to Tyreek Hill. So, like, you know how he's, like, just insanely fast. Um, I actually did a research project in – On Tyreek or just in general? Not, not on Tyreek, on uh, – in genetics, okay. it's about it's a gene called the ACTN3 gene, and that like influences the fast twitch muscle fibers in the body. So, the higher the frequency of that gene is, uh, helps like a, the male or female run a lot faster than their um, their partners or their okay. yeah. And if it's a slower frequency, then they have. Uh, or at lower frequency, then they can. It's it's a higher endurance, so they can keep running and running. They may not run very fast, but they can keep going. Like, like, like the long distance runners can just run for miles and miles and miles. Okay. So I guess Tyreek has a super high frequency because he's just ridiculously fast and quick. Yeah. Like watch him play is just insane. Yeah, I feel like like you said, genetics is a very big part of it when it comes to certain sports it might be because of your height some people like me i'm good i don't think my parents expected me to be more than 510 and i don't know what your family's like but did you have uh, any tall people in your family no my both my parents are pretty short um i mean they're they're, they're siblings they're over six foot but they're not so Okay, so the most you could, your parents probably could have hoped for was like six foot for you. Yeah, the most, yeah, but no shot. Yeah, so it's kind (laughs) of like, I mean, there's football that's position based, but at the same time, when you look at an individual, they, a lot of professional collegiate sports, you need a certain height, you need a certain build, you need a certain athletic level. So, and if you're not, bruh, already have the genetics to have a decent height you might already be a little behind and that's not to say that some people can't make it i've seen the shortest basketball players in football there's a handful of people around the 5'8 5'10 5'10 range just this depends on the position as long as you're athletically gifted and like you said there's certain genes that promote people to just be naturally faster promote or these fast twitch muscles and all that so their endurance, like the VO2 max is uh, just higher than the average kind of thing like that. Because I, I feel like when it comes to collegiate and collegiate levels and over, even high school, but like, I feel like there's some people that work just as hard as maybe say Kobe Bryant, for example, the and Michael Jordan, they're, they're, They marvel at their work ethic, right? But, I, I yeah. mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Kobe Bryant's my favorite oh. athlete of all time, so his work ethic to me is the best. But 
to think that there's no one in this world that works just as hard as them would be a little crazy. I just feel like there might be this six foot dude in the world and maybe even in the NBA that works just as hard and often as Kobe Bryant, but he's six foot. Kobe Bryant is six, six and Kobe might be a little more naturally gifted athletically. So at the end of the day, who are you going to pick the six, six guy or the six foot guy? So, Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is like yep. Kobe kind of had the edge genetically. He might there might be a guy who worked just as hard as them. I could probably work as hard as Kobe if I wanted, if my body could handle it. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna be able to shoot over a seven footer like Kobe Bryant. <laughs> so, so no matter yeah, how hard right. I work, yeah. I just don't have it genetically. Yeah, genetic predisposition. Um, like the, the, if you see in the college and in the, in, the, or in the pros like you said there's not many people under six foot the people that are under six foot are usually like the running backs or the point guards that's but they're like just a, like in the top point one percent of athletes kind of thing where they are shorter but their ball handling skills and their shooting or they're just super fast and just overall they can cut faster so they can they can compete but have, being a little shorter does hinder um, their performance yeah. a bit. And maybe people doubt them as well, like coaches or rec- recruiting people, stuff like yeah. that. Um, so you can work as hard as possible, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. But doesn't, that's not, doesn't mean don't don't quit, though. Like, just keep going like, for sure. And you'll, you'll end How up many, uh, I know off the top of my head, as far as, like, football is concerned, when it comes to the quarterback position, how many – usually it's like an average to taller end of height for quarterbacks, right? The only short one I can think of off the top of my head is Drew Brees as far as an elite level. So, Kyler Murray, he's he's under okay. six foot. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the shortest ones, I think. And you see, he's still really good. He's still, like, super athletic and fast. Like, he was also drafted in LB. That's, like, how athletic he is. So, he – he can still compete at that level, but being taller, like Josh Allen, um, being a taller QB is huge because you can see the field way better above the massive lineman. So um, that's another factor yeah. when they're recruiting for Q- QBs in high school and or in college in the the pros as well. Being a short QB is like if I was if I was a QB and I'm five eight, um, that wouldn't work out too well. Yeah. <laughs> You know, when it comes down to it, when you're people. looking at like the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I don't think you're gonna, I don't think anyone under six foot is going to be under that li- on that list. Is there? I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know football the best. I don't know. So far, if Kyler Murray keeps doing well, he could be one of the greatest okay. of all time. That's that's kind of, that's a that's a cold take, but he's yeah. doing really good. Like he's a good quarterback. And then when I sure. talk about basketball, when I make the top. 10 basketball players of all time never lived. I don't think any of them are below 6-6. I mean, if you want to, like, reach, no, at the end of the day, there's probably not. So it's kind of like genetics again. The very top echelon of any sport has that genetically gifted athlete from height to athleticism to their fundamentals and their drive. Yeah, you put – that's the – the best package you can get genetically predisposition of just uh, whatever the perfect package of what you need to succeed in that sport or position. 
like being under six foot doesn't mean you won't make it to the MLB or the NFL or NBA, but you not be, might not be able to be a center or a QB or something like that. You can still work hard on a different position. Yeah, so I think the last thing about genetics that is the difference maker is just how fast an individual athlete can recover, whether that's like from workout to workout or like some people are sensitive, like certain intensities when they work out. So like if you work out super hard one day, your workout the next day might suffer as far as you might not be able to go too hard. You're going to be a little more fatigued, but some people you'd, it'd be amazing to see that they can work out high intensity day in, day out, and they recover just fine. But some people, a lot of people can't handle that load. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the elite athletes, um, they have a specific wake up and sleep time. You gotta go to bed. You gotta get at least like eight hours of sleep, right? And I mean, some people can't do that, but, but I know the elite athletes definitely need to. So they let their body heal and recover from their training, their like their uh, insane workouts and stuff like that. Um, like sleep is proven to help stay on task and help the body recover. So they know how important it is, and also their diet. And the next too. day, they're able to go just as hard as they did the previous day. Yeah, especially like watching the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'm more of an NFL, I'm an MLB guy, and be playing. You're like playing 110 percent for four quarters in football. Very physically demanding, and then a week later, or maybe even less than seven days later, have to do it again. Is hard because I remember even in high school, like, I was so sore for days after a game. So I don't know how those guys. Yeah. Do and some even like one of the video- back to Tyreek Hill, just because I, I went through a lot of his videos the other day. He sometimes works right out, out right after a game. It's like not. And he's and he's like he's uh, one of the players on his team that he's getting multiple plays, multiple catches. He's oh, yeah. getting looked at the most, getting a lot of hits. So it's kind of like the fact that he still has energy to still work out is ridiculous. And not many people would have the energy to still do that at a good level. I mean, anyone can still work out after a game, but will it be a good workout is the thing. I heard Aaron Rodgers does the same thing. There's a little lift after a game, which is insane to me. I just really don't. He throws the ball 40 times, probably got hit 10 times, had a scramble a few times, and he still has energy. That's crazy. That's just the difference right there. They just keep going. Their motor doesn't stop. Very impressive. So, last thing I kind of want to do is to kind of, like, highlight differences in each level, like, of athletes. So, like, for example, like, in high school, I feel like the difference between an elite athlete and the average athlete in high school is I feel like skill isn't the most glaring difference. Um, I feel like you could have this insane freakish athlete and they could excel at any sport they do as long as they have a decent level of base of fundamentals. Like, they don't even need to be great at, at their fundamentals. They just have to be decent. They know how to catch a ball. They know how to throw a ball, whatever the case may be. They know how to just run the ball. And they're they're set. They're going to make it to college. Because then college level college, people think that, they can build your skill later, but you can't teach the speed. You can't teach athleticism, but you can teach skill. But I think that's the main yeah, difference yeah. in high school. Right. Yeah, high school, you can just be a freak athlete and just dominate each sport. I'm not saying you didn't work hard or anything. Of course, they, they definitely, like, I guess an example would be Patrick Mahomes 
um, like dominating both in baseball. Was he, that big, and, was he that good of a baseball player? Yeah, pretty sure he was drafted wow. as well. Yeah. So it's, I think Russell Wilson as well. You see those, like, that's pretty crazy. It's just um, crazy to think about. Don't know how they do so it. What do you think the difference but is guess, between in college from that this separates those players that get drafted versus the ones that have to play in a different overseas league or they just end up taking their education and that's the end of their playing career? I think some players can um, – like, there's a huge – like, some people say that, like, we're the best football team in college right now. Like, Alabama, they won the championship, that they can beat New York Jets. <laughs> And I, I don't think that's true at all because the NFL is just a completely different game. I mean, I mean, it's just insanely faster, and the skill, and the not even just faster physically, but mentally too. Like it's a, a big yeah. mental game. People used to make um, same similar assumptions about uh, the worst team in the NBA and the current best team in college. It's it's always funny to me. Yeah, I can see why people thought think that. But I just don't think it's if it actually were to occur, it's just not feasible. Like the, the, the there's a big jump. It's learning curve. That's why you see some top college uh, players in, in, in the NBA or NFL play or perform poorly in the majors because they just can't keep up or just can't learn. Yeah. It happens and like, sometimes. Back to that argument, or it's not really an argument because we both agree, but it's also like saying that. Every how many players on an average full football team at Matt? Uh, or even college, let's we'll say college. I think it's NFL's 53 and college is like 80. All right, say even take the 60 best players on that college team. Will all of those players make it to the NFL? Just like thinking of it that way, it's kind of like you probably think like maybe 10 to 15 players from that team will get drafted, maybe 20, 30 at most. I don't know. But to think that all sixty, I, I, honestly, like I know LS, like the LSU team last year, most of the like the top players come out of Alabama, LSU. Yeah, yeah, you know, I would assume so. But how many do you think from a team at in one draft? Uh, I think the most would be ten. The yeah, most. so say you had like your freshman, juniors, and your sophomores, juniors, seniors, maybe take ten from each class that will potentially get drafted one day. That's like thirty. Versus a football team where every player was good enough to be drafted with experience. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It's a silly comparison. It, you're right. Silly comparison. How about the NCAA? Is it like a couple per team, maybe? Maybe one? Yeah. Wow. So I think in college, like, once you get to college, the difference that starts separating people is – now everyone's an athletically gifted athlete. Like, there's no running from that. Everyone's an athlete once you get to the college level. So those with a solid fundamentals with a decent drive will probably be the ones to finally make it to the next level, while the others that have solely relied on their athleticism their whole career and kind of refuse or aren't able to build on their skill level eventually fade out and they just end their playing career after college. Yeah, uh, I agree. The comp- also, I think the competitiveness too. Like, 
you first get to maybe you're like the top prospect for uh, the cup for NCAA division one football. And you think you're the, I'm sure this happens to some kids, but like they think they're like the best. They're like, oh, I can definitely get starting spot on the team. But they come to find out they're like they're, they're the third string or the second string. And they get some get really heated about that. And it's either you're going to cry about it or you're going to be competitive and win that position eventually. I mean, you're there, you're there for four or five yeah. years. So the crazy thing time. is, in football, is there um, a high school ranking system <sighs> where in once you graduate from high school, all seniors kind of have, if you're ranked throughout the nation, do they have a ranking system as far as the best quarterback coming out of high school, running back, or just like an overall list? Doesn't even have to be position based. Yeah, they have, they have all, they have like the best O line or best lineman, best wide receiver. Okay. And then the best. Because like the crazy PCF thing is when you look at the list from best 2020 quarterback out of high school, right? And then when his class finally makes it to the NFL, rare times does that top high school prospect still be the top prospect in his draft class going to the pros? Yeah. It's really rare. It is. A lot of, a lot of people like, that, that become the top, you know, Tom, Tom Brady, he's the 199th overall pick, like something like that. Yeah. It's just, it's funny how, uh, it works yeah, out. So it comes down to like something just changes. They are worth that. Never change. Some people are late bloomers. There are some, maybe some things in college that isn't too valuable. That's super valuable in the professional leagues, just cause it's a little, I, I wouldn't say it's more organized, but it could be more centered around the individual athlete for some sports. Yeah. You gain more knowledge, a lot more knowledge of the position. And what what you need to do, what to look out for, stuff like that. Uh, maybe you didn't learn like a lot of specific things that will help you succeed in college. Um, that's what I've heard from professional. Like I've, like I've seen like some podcasts from Aaron Rodgers, or like they said, like the college or learning experience in NFL just greatly outweighs any other experience he's had in yeah. the past to become better at the position. Yeah. Coming behind Brett Favre must have helped him too. Yeah, it's interesting to see. He he waited three years, I think. Yeah. Him, something like that. So all right. So lastly in the professional level, I think it's pretty simple it's, or it's pretty similar to collegiate where the drive, how fast you're able to learn, how fast you're able to adapt adapt your work ethic that's gonna separate you from your counterparts as far as because you're all basically the top gene pool. I mean, the taller, more physically gifted guy might still have a slight edge, but at that point, it, the difference is pretty minuscule because everyone's the top 0.1% athlete in the professional league. So the only difference is how good are you at your sport? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I want—I wish I were, were to know what it feels <laughs> like, <laughs> but... <laughs> I was not sure uh, what it's like to compete with the top 1% of the people. Um, and that's for us fans to just enjoy. They can take my money. I'll continue to watch them. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm excited to see the Super Bowl this year. Next oh, man. Um, I don't like either team, to be <laughs> honest. 
the Chiefs probably going to yeah. win. If you're a betting man, but you, bet you never know Chiefs. with the Bucks though. If you were a betting What's man, that? you put money on the Chiefs. Yeah, I think so. They're just there's they're like the top 0.1% of the 1%. Like they're just insane. Uh, Bucks were still going to do well. Don't get me wrong, but the Chiefs are just another yeah, it's level. It's just amazing to me how easy they make the game look sometimes. So I don't think I've ever seen a team I don't even watch football that much, but are they like if you compare greatest teams of all time, are they are they making a case of being up there if they continue just cuz I've never seen a team just easily play the way they do. If they dominate the Super Bowl, like win by over 15 or 20 points, then it could be a conversation to bring up. Wow. All right. I think that wraps things up for today. Yeah. It's a good podcast. Uh, we'll see you All everyone right, next see week. You.